The following ad is a parody and should be taken lightly. Hello, Kyle here for the Griswold Manufacturing Department, here to talk to you today about Griswold cast iron skillets, little ones and big. There are about a dozen different sizes of Griswold cast iron skillets, measuring from four and three quarters inches across, just right for frying an egg or making an individual omelet, all the way up to sizes measuring 13 and a half for big, big families. Every family should know the delightful feeling of being prepared for all occasions, which comes from a kitchen equipped with three or four sizes of Griswold skillets. A Griswold cast iron skillet will last a lifetime and improve with every year of use. If your dealer doesn't carry Griswold cast iron skillets, wire directly to us. Griswold cast iron griddles, iron and wood handles, or bailed. Make delicious hot food. The Griswold Manufacturing Department, Department A2, Erie, Pennsylvania, United States of America. Hey, I'm Brad Leone, and you're listening to Podcast Iron. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Podcast Iron, where we teach you the history and all the fun stuff in between with this wonderful, wild world of cast iron. <laughs> the Wagner yeah. the Wagner episode, last episode we did, I uh, yeah. got a lot of good feedback. I really think it's kind of like you're hanging out and I'm trying to tell you a story about cast iron kind of thing. Yeah. Like, but uh, there's like history, but identification. So we're trying to like blend them together into two. You know what I mean? So well, yeah, because uh, like you're gonna sit there and say, oh, this pan is from this date because it has this marking. Well, here's exactly. a little story about yeah. where that marking came from, basically. And right? you, like, you, my goal here is to make you all better consumers and also more educated in this. So somebody from uh, one of the cast iron pages I do a lot of business with on Facebook actually reached out. Um, he's one of the admins on there. He's like, hey man, you know, uh, I've never talked to him before. He just oh. came out and was like, hey, I listen to your podcast. It's pretty cool. It, it's helping all the other sellers because now people are more educated. We had an uptick in yeah. new users. and It's it's uh, it's sparking the interest. It's, it's, dis- it's putting out in full display that there is a logical reason to grabbing the old pan versus going out the store and getting something new. Yep. So the interest is peaked. And uh, there's a lot more ears out there and eyes out there on this kind of stuff. Now, it's something that that most folks uh, in the average household would look at and go, I would never have thought of at right, all. Just, right. oh, cast iron, why? Whatever. I mean, a pan's a pan, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. No. No, it's not. No, not the case. I had a guy, a listener, reached out and said, um, I actually was typing cast iron on the internet to try and figure out what pan my grandmom has. I found your Instagram page, and then I listened to your podcast, and I got to the last episode, which was Wagner, like the later nice. Wagner. He goes, I have a, you know, what I believe, based on what you said, is a 1940s, 1950s <laughs> Wagner. He sent me a picture. Oh, it was that's a so freaking, cool. literally. And he was right. Yeah, absolutely right. And he was right. Just and it made him happy, that, yeah. See, so that's perfect. So today we're going to be opening that can on the uh, on the Erie front. Yes. Um, did you want to talk about that right now, or did you want to get into something else first? Well, I, I I wanted to take a second and thank all the new people that subscribed since the last episode. Yeah, man, for Got a sure. Nice yeah. little little um yeah. little uptick in Whatever that too yeah exactly yeah thank um, you for that yes it's it's really neat and i really spent a lot of time to think about how i can make that dollar per month even though it's a dollar a month you know what i mean i i want to make that worth it to the person but i don't want to take away from the content that i've been providing since day one sure no we just we talked so, about it in the last episode how the subscribing feature in instagram now is going to include uh some uh one-on-one consulting almost so to speak yeah, on how to yeah. care for a pan how yep. to date a pan what do i have and things like that now i understand now you've decided to expand on that and yes there's other incentives now 
as well. So what I do for subscribers now, if I have a Saturday where I'm actually going yard sailing, or if I go to the flea market, I do an exclusive subscriber yard sale picking ride along. Like last Saturday, I went to Hamilton Head tons of yard sales yes, so i just did. the went, weather was so nice i got um pots and pans i had a, i got a dutch oven i got a, a small enamel dutch oven a little enamel um uh pan with a with a lid um i got a radio uh, so you just some like, earth some real cool treasures and you yeah, only showed like those I, guys like come along with me today i'm going here i'll let you know how i make out and it was like a series of videos like oh, yeah i, I want to see what yeah. this like hey guys i just found another yard sale i'll be checking in a minute there's hey, some people this that radio this is this is a little cool. peek behind the curtain to where yes. kyle gets all his crap yes and it's a pow he gets all his stuff how this is able to be done no it's great you have the opportunity now to uh to re- to have this kind of like inclusive little club of uh, sharing knowledge and and, and all this information. Go and just get to be Kyle's best friend. Yep. But uh, right now, though, I did want to, uh, I think, uh, did you have anything else or are we no, going to move on? I just wanted to thank Brad Leone for the cool drop. I mean, Oh, yeah, that was, that really was cool, right? Yeah, um, that was neat. And yeah. we do have a, a commercial as well. He has a book out. Yep. And uh, we awesome wanted to book. return the plug for that. So you will hear that in between our commercial break yep. for today's episode. Field Notes for Food Adventure. It's an awesome book. It's like a cookbook storybook kind of thing. Yeah, together. right. It's super cool. Why don't we dive into our first... Yeah, topic here. Speaking of sharing knowledge. So, Erie, Erie Cast Iron is what really paved the way for Griswold. Erie was founded by Matthew Griswold and the two Selden brothers in 1868. And they got together and said, what do we need? What does the world need more of? And the one guy said, oh, I think door hinges. And the other guy goes, yeah, you're right. What so- kind of door hinges? Well, specifically in the 1800s, they had cast metal uh, hinges that that butted up to each other, so they called them butt hinges. So they founded the Griswold and Selden guys founded the butt, butt factory. The butt factory. <laughs> the butt factory in 1868. The butt factory, and that's what they called it. And as time went on, they realized we should probably not use that name. So Erie's so, original company name was the Butt Factory. So in 1876, <laughs> there's two different versions of this story. In 1878 or 1876, one of those two years, one guy was like, "Hey man, uh, we should change our name." He's like, "To what?" He's like, "Maybe our last names, Griswold and Selden." So they changed because. it to Griswold and Selden. So that's why I was wondering: was uh, why? Why is it worth going down this road of talking about Erie? Because it, Erie, Erie was the predecessing function to Griswold. Okay. And um, the people that started Erie, their last name was Griswold. Okay. Gotcha. So there was one or two years where they made what was called Griswold and Selden. And there's actually very few skillets that exist that say Griswold and Selden. Um, there's a lot more waffle irons that that uh, contain Griswold and Selden, but they only did it for about a year. And they were like, "We got to, we got to fix this. What could we do?" And the one guy's like, "We got to do big, bold. We got to put it out there. What what should we do? What should we call?" It? He goes, "Well, let's call it. Let's just write Erie on them. Let's just write Erie because." Think Erie, about it. You don't really what, where did the Erie come from? Pennsylvania. Oh, Erie, Erie Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yes. Is that where they they yeah, were located? Yep. I should have added that part. Um, <laughs> got, okay, got it. In Erie, Pennsylvania. In Erie, and Pennsylvania. Basically, what I think they figured out was, hey, we can market ourselves on a waffle iron because you're looking at the bottom of it. Both sides are the same. Like, you flip it halfway through. On a skillet, sure. let's just keep it simple. Erie and the name, or Erie and the size. Sure. So... 
This is think about this though. This is like the birth of a mass production skillet company. This is not one guy being like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to finish this skillet for this family down the street that's commissioning me." This was this was like they were Henry Fording this shit. You know, they were, I mean? they, were they went to get into a this. Going. Yeah, they went into this into for business. mass marketing in mind from the get go. Absolutely. And uh, what's the time frame when they actually started naming it Erie? So by by the time they decided that they wanted to just put Erie with the letter. Um, that was 1880. Oh, okay. So here's where yeah, the Erie timeline starts. Sure. Right at 1880. Yeah. And Matthew Griswold and the two Selden brothers, um, they decided that we're going to develop this skillet. We're, there's a couple kinks that we're going to have to play with along the way. And... A little bit of R and D, I guess, if they had guess, that in the eighteen eighties. But basically, <laughs> you they, mean their uh, their design, their pans needed some work as time went on. Is that what you mean? You, how do you yeah. find a flaw? You try it out. Yeah, right. right. So they developed a different method of. Um, or so, they, so what's something they tried out that they had to change? So basically, Erie. If you divide up the Erie from eighteen eighty to nineteen oh seven, there's six different series of Erie, which is six different differentiate six differentiating factors in pretty much the handle and design of the skillet where you could literally look at it and tell what year it was from based on how the handle is because this is again that trial and error yes back and forth it's pr- so pretty much there's six series they say there's six in my opinion there's five because two of the series are the exact same thing minus a heat ring flaw that we'll talk about but basically in 1880 which is the early 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 1880s okay they have what's called the first series Griswold or first series Erie. First it series has like Erie. a it has a scooped handle which almost looks like um like a duck's foot. Um, oh yeah, it looks like a webbed part, foot. It yeah. looks like a webbed foot. The part that's actually molded so to the just, pan itself. It was just a a very seamless um seamless arch kind of thing, little scoop they called it. I might detail some pictures, but there's a few online if you Google search first series Erie, there was no little reinforcement pad which you see on what was considered um a, ser- a two series Erie. Yeah, so I'm looking at it here. You see the handle and in 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 your case anyway, it would go handle straight to the pan itself, but here it seems like there's another little layer in between. Yeah, this is a different series. That's a different series yeah. here, this one. So this is duck foot right to the pan. Right to the pan, no little... Re- See this little yeah, reinforcement? Yeah, none of that. that You're seeing the, the spines of the duck foot right to the pan. That is the first series, Erie. Right. No uh, no little reinforcement No little lip area. there or anything like that. So it's like a little thicker area for the handle to be beefed up on. So. Yeah, so what's the motivation for that? For heat dissipation so the handle might not be attached? Like, what's the well, motivation for changing it? I guess what it is is the, the amount of pressure that's in just this area area like when it's oh, just heated up in and general holding it like if yeah, you're holding it's, it's the just skillet. under a lot of it's under a lot of tension when it's full of food or if it's you know or and if it's, it's a lot being of stored it needs to be extra sturdy so right. just plain old reinforcement in the welding industry we call it what's uh, it's called a reinforcement pad so if you okay. weld a nozzle to a tank you don't just weld the nozzle to the tank you put a reinforcement pad around that to weld the tank to the, to the reinforcement to the, pad you know, yeah yeah, yeah exactly so here we go in the it, we're, we're now in the late 1880s and they do they said let's change this up a little bit this is the Series two. It's got a little rib there, which is a little thicker piece of metal that 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 webbing backs right up to. And they say, okay, now we got this little reinforced part, and this handle is is scooped still. See how there's it's yes. like scooped. It's like a beveled almost or scalloping. They call that. Yeah, we're scooped in. Yeah. See how the whole handle is is scooped and beveled like that. Yeah. That, that scalloping. That's a sign of an early, you know, one or two series as well. So. Pretty much the only change was the same webbing, but with a little reinforced handle. And that went all the way until 1890. Okay. So I think they tried it in 10-year increments, which 10 years back in the day, 
isn't as it doesn't seem as long as it does now because of how like how slow. Well, think about the resources involved in making correct those, those casting molds and all of that material, right? So like all just getting all of that planning done and everything took a lot of time. But like this is a second series eerie. This is no. This is between 1880 and 1890, and just like feel that, like feel how smooth. 1880, like, 1890. Wow, it feels like glass, really. Yep, it's it this does. is super quality, it's super smooth. It wasn't buffed or polished; it was just casted nice. So here right. we go. We're in, we're in the, we're in the series three. Okay, series three. So this spine that's in the handle, they're like doesn't need to be that distinct. Yeah, I think that could be. That's a pressure point. Also, let's just blend it, kinda. Let's just blend that in, okay? So yeah. what we'll do is we'll change the molds. We'll get that handle because in those in that part where it's beveled and scalloped out, they said we could fill that in with metal and have a little bit more reinforcement. This is all about developing the modern day cast iron handle that I'm we saying, still use today. Because what I'm seeing here is, yeah, this looks like it's it's thin. It's thin. The duck foot here, the duck foot handle, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you look at the series three, that looks like a regular cast iron handle. It's starting Scanned to get there. skillet handle, right? The blend, the pad's still there in the series three, but. The the blending yeah, of the that blending, spine is starting to develop. Yeah, the, yeah, it's starting to it's starting to take shape there. So it's all looking like a lot more of a smooth transition from handle to pan, and it's looking looking more like a regular pan there. Yeah. So now we're now that takes us to 1905. So they did that style for about five years, and this is the gray area where I like to say that that there's five series of Erie, even though there's six. So series four and five, they were both made from 1905 to 1907. Okay, and actually, no. Series four was just 1905, and series five was 1905 to 1907. Okay. They both looked the same as far as the skillet goes, but on series fours from 1905, they said, "Why don't we put the letters N O before the number?" Like how that was the early years of oh, saying number, yeah, even yeah. though O is not in number, it's weird. So they're like, "Well, we'll do that on specific sizes. How about we try that on uh, their main sizes were eights and sevens. That was like the big sellers. They're like, let's try it on the fives and nines and just do it that way. The less risky ones, sure. And since we're adding that little number on the fancy fives and nines, let's make the let's make the lettering like really like since we're changing the super... mold anyway or whatever we're doing. Or since yeah. we're changing the the press that's going to the labeler, yep. we might as well change try changing some other things. So we changed the logo too. Right, they changed the logo. It was like really like curvy and weird mm. on the fives and nines, but also the early 1900s. The more scroll, the fancier. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> but they're also playing around with eliminating this little reinforcement ridge. That's yeah. where it comes to like this, where it's seamless. It looks sure, like it's one flowing piece. Yeah, from handle to pan. Yeah, they're starting to get more streamlined, and they're also messing around with the heat rings now. The heat rings are, are in a different spot. See how it's kind of inside. It, yes, a, they call that an inset heat ring. And this is like an outside, like right along from the edge of the pan up. There's different reasons they did that. But I think this makes for a sturdier pan than this, almost because this is like two pieces of metal meeting as opposed to yeah. a complete curved rounded piece. One piece of metal right. curved. So that is two pieces, the flat ridge there like that? Yep. The, it's almost like a it's, 90 No, no, angle. no. It's not two pieces. It looks like two pieces and it'll separate sometimes. That's like a cracking point. This one's, this one's actually cracked. I see what you're saying. This is my first cast iron skillet actually was an Erie, but I, and I still use it because it's, yeah, it's a little crack right there. Yeah. On these, it's always in a transitional spot. Yeah, unless gotcha. it's unless it's accidentally dropped or something like that. Sure. No, I got so, you. No, because it's if the the sharper the angle, the more likely it's it's gonna crack there versus a, a curved, 
a one curved piece. But anyway. So now we're, we're 1905 to 1907. The last two years of Erie, we're in the sixth series of Erie. So also in number five, in five series, number was series one through five, Erie had quotes, which was always weird to everyone because it's like, it, you're not quoting Erie and it is made in Erie. Why are yeah, you Yeah, it's not a nickname. It? Yeah. You know, see how this has the two, the quotes? Oh yeah. This yeah. one doesn't. Eerie. No quotes. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. So that that's a series six. Um, blended handle. They <laughs> got the handle down. That is the modern day Griswold handle right there. You're looking at it. 1907. Boom. Yeah. And from 1907 on, they started with the Griswold logo with the cross, which we're going to get into at a different time once we get into the Griswold era, which is going to be a multi-part episode, but right. people are dying to hear the history That's what we've, well. we've been teaching that one. It's going to be a couple episodes, maybe. Um, so basically, cool. by um, size six, or uh, series six of Erie, they get away with the quotes. You got the blended fancy handle. Um, yeah. There's a fancier number. Like, see how the eight's kind of like decorative? Oh, yeah. More lines, little, the better. Little modernized <laughs> lettering and stuff like that. They yeah. also... They also started um, with the machining on the outside. Like if there was a high spot, they basically took this skillet to a bench grinder. Oh, like that? And they started having um, parameters. Like they had, um, I don't want to say micrometers, but they had parameters. If it's this, if it's bigger than this, it's no good. If it's smaller than this, it's no good. How do we fix that? We're going to start machining it this way. It was so, they were just developed. You could look at this and literally. You could see see the the timeline of modern engineering just coming to life yeah because this was such a necessity back then that's yeah. how you ate food yeah and you can look and see how it was welded and molded in one here versus how it was done in the other you could tell it's an improvement yeah well they like, were trying you, to you could even see the grind marks on try- the handle yeah right like, no i was to- see yeah you could see them around the edges too how there's some there's literal lines there from where the grinder hit it to smooth it out yep you can see them yeah so, so very interesting. So, what timeline is the is the series five and six? Uh, five and uh, series five. Six is we're on. I mean, right? Yeah, six is is nineteen oh five to nineteen oh seven. Okay. And the biggest difference between a five and a six is that there's no quote on the six, like I showed you. With there's the no quote number. around Erie. Yes. And if there is a quote, but it's an um, inset heat ring with a blended handle, then it's earlier than nineteen oh five. So basically. You have window from 1880 to 1907, and if you have any questions about your Erie and want to send me a picture of the handle, I will send you a, I have a um, timeline, uh, almost like a spreadsheet of how you can tell the different years. I'll gladly send you that. Um, so if you have any pan with the word Erie on it, you're looking at something that's at least 116 years just, or older. If it just says Erie at the top. Yeah, not Right Eerie. at 12 o'clock. Right, yes. Yeah. You're looking at a pan that's at least 112, 13 years or older. The newest one is 1907. So yeah. that's, that's yeah. the the earliest one would be Very 1880 cool. and 1907. So in 1906... So that's 115 years old is the yeah. newest one. Yeah. There's one, one pan they made for one year transitioning Erie to Griswold, where they called it Griswold's Erie. Oh, cool. And it says Griswold's Erie. And they made it... Um, in 1906 and 1907, trying to... They didn't just stop in January no, and they, start a new model. They no, kind of just, just blended things they together. They wanted to start... Well, let's put our name on it instead of just the place. So, Wouldn't that be nice? Right. Oh, you have... So... You have an example? They did not... Here, we're in the field now. They did not like Griswold's Erie because it had writing all over it. Yeah. So they slowly went into what was called the slant logo. This is an early slant logo, but can you see this lettering where it says Griswold's 
eerie. Can you oh, see the yeah, it's ghost? very faded, but you can they buttered see it. it in they smoothed out. the. It originally, this pan, you could tell, originally said Griswold eerie, so they smoothed yeah. it out so you couldn't see it. Griswold's with a parenthesis, Griswold with, or a, a apostrophe, yeah. like Griswold's eerie, and then it had the size down here, but they buttered it yeah. up, and this is one of the earliest examples of a of a griswold of man. a slant logo the iron cross griswold iron that cross we know today. With, a, with a griswold logo yep. and the griswold is italicized basically yep. is what you're looking at yep. yeah and that is where we were going to start next episode when and we that's talk where about that the iron one, cross and that's where that one ends yes is what you're saying so you're talking uh, one year of griswold's eerie so it went eerie griswold's eerie griswold and nice. that's where we're gonna stop next episode we're gonna get into that deeper um and how the Iron Cross became the logo that we all know today. Awesome, man. That was really cool. I liked it. Yeah. Neat. So now that paves the way to be continued. Yep. So what do we got on tap for the rest of the show here today? So the rest of the show, I kind of want to talk about what's going to be going on with the Boston Hot Sauce Festival. And what, oh, what yes. we have planned with that. We got yeah. some cool things on tap. Um, I have a few events coming up I want to talk about, what, what I plan on doing for them and why they're important to the podcast and what I'm doing. Sure. Um, listener questions, maybe? Yeah, we got some listener questions. I'm also going to talk about some of the um, other uh, products that I'm going to be uh, putting out there for you guys. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, so we'll take a break real oh, quick and uh, we'll so get back exciting. to it. All right. Podcast Iron. This episode of Podcast Iron is brought to you by the New York Times bestselling book, Field Notes for Food Adventure by Brad Leone, recipes and stories from the woods to the ocean. Come along with Brad as he explores forests, fields, rivers, and the ocean in the hunt for great food and good times. These pages are Brad's field notes from a year of adventures in the Northeast. Grab it wherever you get your books. Hey, I'm Brad Leone, and you're listening to Podcast Iron. Oh, that was a good stretch, huh? Yeah. It's nice to take a break in between. We do that so we can save, guys, and then we try to make you part feel like you're part of the recording process by making you aware of where we're saving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're saving, you're waiting, we're getting our drinks, we're getting our potty breaks in. Yeah. Uh, episode four, full of podcast iron, by the way. And, full uh, podcast iron. We're full of it, man, I gotta tell you. Full ya. of iron. Speaking of full... This, I'm all full because of Halloween candy from yesterday. I wish it was on the weekend, though. Halloween it's always better on the weekend. candy fills you up? Yes, it does. Good. But it's, I wish it was on the weekend. I know. It's so much better. It was on a Monday this year. Like, ugh. Dude, but. we had the little dum-dum lollipops in like, the big uh, cast iron. Uh, oh, did Dutch you? Oven, a big, it looked like a witch's cauldron. Yeah, oh, it was cool. Oh, that's cool. cool. We gave out... Um, so from talking about doing yard sales and stuff, um, I was at a uh, yard sale and this lady had a big tub of Beanie Babies and I saw the first few ser first series yeah. Beanies and I was like, man, those are quick, easy flips. Uh, like the platypus in that? Yeah, yeah they were the, actually, the purple platypus. They were the panda bears, first series pandas. Oh, like, fuck. I was like, how much for, for these Beanie Babies here? She goes, you have to buy the whole bin. I'm like, there's like fucking 400 Beanie Babies. I don't want 400 Beanie Babies. You have to buy the whole bin. Why then? I don't want it. I was like, well, fuck, how much is the bin? She's like, 20 bucks. I'm like, sold. Okay. Because I could definitely figure out what Speaking to do. Speaking of flipping random pieces. Yeah, so I gave a bunch away to our cousins, uh, Stella and Tessa. Again. Yeah. They, they came oh, with this. They, cool. they left with arms of Beanie Babies. They're all yeah. over their house. Mom and I like, great, thanks. Gave some to Joey, our nephew Joey. And yeah, then Joe, I said, Joe. you know what? We're going to bring these out on Halloween, and every kid under the age of 10, they're going to pick their favorite animal from this Ooh. big basket of Beanie Did Babies. Did you get a lot of kids? Yeah, we got a decent amount, yeah. I have to say. And they were like, I was like, what's your favorite animal? The one kid's like, you 
unicorn. I'm like, all right, here you go. Here's the unicorn. Here's the unicorn. And uh, we also had the little uh, airplane shooters of fireball for the parents. Oh, it nice. Pretty cool. Yeah, they, they awesome. liked that. See, um, that makes for a good time. Actually. Yeah, man, lollipops. And the parents were like, wow, you're giving a Beanie Babies? That's so cool. But it's like, it, <laughs> it made it way better than just like throwing them out. Or Yeah, you know but I mean? here, once I eat it, it's gone. No, I can play with it. I got something to play with. It's yeah, fun. Yeah, because I sold the three that were like the big expensive. The ones that were worth the 20 bucks. Onto them, yeah, you know? so right. they're for future flips or whatever. But I mean, it made it worth it to do that. So it's uh, it's even better though on the weekends. But that's okay. Yeah, that's weekends right. are busy enough. I know you got a couple things coming up. Yeah. Weekends have been packed for you lately. They have been. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't like to super pack my weekends because I kind of try to get some stuff done around the house and all that. Well, now and it's November. We're heading into the holiday season I know, soon. I know. So it's going to be even more cramped. <sighs> We're going to be announcing a cr- big ca- Cast Iron Kyle Christmas sale, too, Ooh, coming up. Christmas um, special. So special. So this weekend, Sunday, <laughs> I will be at Bacon Fest. By the time you hear this episode, it will be over. But what I'm really looking forward to is networking with a couple different baking companies that'll be there. There's all kinds of food associated at a bacon with Bacon Fest or Bacon? Baking? Bacon. Bacon Fest? Yes. Where's this at? Where, Easton, wh- where was this at? Easton, <laughs> Easton Pennsylvania. <laughs> Since it already happened, right. future. Yes. This just happened in Easton. Yes. Right? No, it's no, an, we, we record this a week or so before the event is happening. But uh, Last episode, you heard us do a, um, do a commercial for White House uh, Station Hot Sauce Company, one of yeah. my favorite guys in the game. And uh, he's like, hey, you want to come out and hang out at our tent? You can set up a little bit a little bit of cast iron and Ooh, hang out with us. I was like, absolutely, sure, man. The bacon fun. bacon people are cool, man. I've had some bacon great experiences. cool. Like Benton's Bacon in Tennessee, Smoked Company over here in, in Hamilton. But frogs are always cool. Dude, shout out to my buddy Jim, who has the Smoked Company in Hamilton. He makes the best bacon in the world. Now they, like, ship it nationwide like it's turning into this Ooh, cool little like hey i'm yeah, starting this business some. at my house bacon. so good but yeah. i like people chasing their dream yeah see that's you know the, what I mean? that's a perfect example again right there so, so that so that'll be something to uh that'll be something neat to recap, to recap next episode absolutely. sure yeah yep. um and then the next weekend i will be at west kill brewing in the catskills in West Hill, New York. What's oh. the date of that? Is that also after the episode, before the, no, this episode comes out? No, that's not yet. That The episode will be Thursday, and that weekend I'll be there. So oh, it's okay. the 12th and 13th. So the or no, uh, November, yeah. no, oh yeah, pull up the calendar there. because this November ep- 12th and 13th. This episode comes out November 10th then? Yeah. November 10th. Yeah, so if you're not doing anything, drive up to the Catskills. It's one of the best breweries in this side of oh, the country, sure. in my opinion. When we, we went up there, we just found it, like, on happenstance and yeah. I looked him up on Instagram I'm like damn these guys are these guys are big they got some big, big people including Brad Leone who follows them yeah you just stumbled across yeah. it and it was and it, apparently it's this Great huge beer. no not even well huge well known play no no huge well known oh, I mean yeah, like yeah. a big like a like a big audience I don't know very you know what good, I mean very good following the beer was super cool quality the art was awesome on the cans they yeah. had really cool merch I wore the hat in my reels everyone's like where'd you get that hat I'm like did you watch the video no that's what we're talking about Not nope. that, but they, nope. they were big into the hat cool and I was like man people are really digging this hat I got so many hat questions I'm like I need to get some embroidered stuff Ooh. So I'm working with a company right now called uh, Fashionably Twisted um, on Instagram. They are called 
uh, fashionably twisted at fashionably twisted. Uh, my friend Robin, she's making me up some really cool twisted. stuff. She's made. She has a really good embroidery business. She does some really cool work. She she incorporates art into it, so it's kind of like her own thing. It's her own twist on yeah. whatever. Yeah, I got you. So, so what are you asking her to make for you? I got some designs for pot holders mm. coming out, but like not like traditional like boring. These pot are not your these grandma's are, pot holders. These are modern design, like like fun stuff. And awesome. I'm also getting some. Uh, we're going to be doing some hats with some classic words on them that only a true cast iron collector will truly appreciate. Like pan yeah. and well, I'm the... not going to say no, what gonna... yet. I'm going to make a nice big post about it, but I just wanted to say <laughs> thank you to Robin. And I'll have some of that stuff in Westkill. I might Ooh. not have a ton of it because we're still working on it all, but I'm going to have enough to get things going. And I'm really excited to have that up there. That'll be exciting to see yeah. a little bit of a preview for some of the folks who will have already heard, not have heard this yet. But I mean, for those who will stumble <laughs> upon it. Uh... <laughs> Awesome, dude! I love it. So, yeah, is man. that is there yep. is there anything else, or is that uh, it on the list for right now? No, next few weekends after that, we got some family stuff, and just gonna you know do Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving's and, coming up. We'll have to do yeah. a little Thanksgiving discussion. Maybe a wrap on like the best meals for Thanksgiving that oh. also went up good on a pan, Ooh. on a cast iron pan. We'll need to do a Thanksgiving centric kind of maybe that maybe that could be the next episode. It's the biggest food holiday there is, of course. We're, we oh, have to and th- and Christmas, Thanksgiving extravaganza, man. Oh, oh I can't yeah. wait. All yes. right, awesome. All right. I love it. So this is my favorite segment is when we go to the DMs and we go through the whole pool of questions and messages that Kyle gets on a daily basis. Yes. So I got a question from the other day the other day from um, uh, Bushlow is the, the name of the Instagram account. And he said, I'm finally ready to ask you, what is the price range for something with a classic 12 or 11 to 12 inch cooking surface? Okay. Said, well, okay. So the thing that you need to know is there's no like super even numbers when it comes to cast iron cooking surfaces. As far as the measurement across, right? And when I say diameter, that would be otherwise known. Yeah, as. and that is the measurement on the bottom. So okay. why that's important rather than because some people say, you know, why is the bottom measurement more important? I I would say the opening on the top is more important. I said, well, no, it's not because if you're calculating like bread doesn't float, it, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Facts. Facts. So it does matter what the actual cooking surface itself is because then you can calculate That's what, what matters you can the make. Most. Yes. Exactly. That is person the didn't say surface. that. To clarify that, that person didn't say no, that. No, that he bread did floats. Ask, they didn't no, ask bread no, floats. No, no, I know that. They were pretty much asking. Or why that matters more than the other side. Yeah, the cooking surface, when I give them a measurement, is it measuring the outside or is that measuring the inside? And that was a good question because if I'm giving you a measurement you need to know exactly what part is it is because the top and the bottom are two the, totally different sizes. Because otherwise, it, you're there. Uh, that's not taking the account the thickness of the cast iron, yeah. I guess. Yes. Right? Yes. So you'd be looking at it. One, if you were to measure it on the back end, it would be bigger than if you were to measure it on the inside cooking surface, right. potentially. Anyway, um, I've had the question: What does this pan measure from spout to or from handle to tip? Which I guess it's like a shipping question, but it doesn't really have anything to do with the performance. Of I don't the know. Maybe they the had. Pen. Maybe they had in mind where Size they want to store mind. it. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. If they if it could fit in their cabinet. if it fit in their cabinet, right. yeah, right. Um, so the, what's the purpose? So what is the standard for measuring? 
when it comes to that is is there's a there's a unified size i mean a size eight is 10 and three quarters a size oh sure nine or size eight is 10 and three quarters size nine is like 11 and a half but as far as like when you want to get into what what is the you want to know the cooking surface is that what you go for for measurement is like i need to know the cooking surface what is it it's 10 and three quarter inches well, or whatever. people basically come to me and say hey listen i'm looking for a pan that's in the 11 inch range what do you got and i that, say well okay. nine is 11 and a half and the most popular size i sell is an eight which is 10 and three quarters yeah so you're talking about Maybe a quarter inch difference. Yeah. Okay. Which it, 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 nah. Doesn't right. do, doesn't yeah. really change much except no. the price. Um, but what he did ask was what it, what price could I expect to pay for a pan that's eleven to twelve inches? It can go anywhere from a hundred to. I mean, the sky's the limit, pretty much. I mean, as far yeah. as rarity goes, that could be. I guess it could be anything. Like, yeah, one to five hundred, like, or that's whatever. You know, five thousand I mean? dollars stick of deodorant. But it was a good question, and to follow up, uh, I don't know if we did this one last last episode, so we might have to mark this. Did someone ask? Did I answer the question of how many skillets are safe to stack on one another? That was an no. awesome question. No, you did not. Somebody messaged me that last week. And I was like, that's a good, that's question. a really good question. Cause and they'll crack under weight eventually. I assume. Yep. I, I suggested not to stack if they're good heirloom restored quality skillets, you could stack maybe six or seven at, you know, in a, okay. in a row and they'll be okay. Yeah. But like, like the ones that I have to work on yet that have all the crud and shit build up on them. They're, they're not metal to metal really. So there's not a lot going on there. But if they're shiny, but perfect, they're shiny, ready to go and good, you don't want them yeah. to get messed up. Yep. No more than seven, because after no that, then seven. then they could start nicking each other. Not even that. Or, Think about the pressure that the bottom skillet would be experiencing. Yeah, with every a couple hundred piece. pounds. So you're talking about that spot where we're talking about vulnerability of breakage, like on yeah. the Aries. That's where you're playing with fire. Well, how so. much does a pan like that weigh? What is that? Fifteen? Uh, uh, about 10, about 10, eight, eight, eight to 10. ten. Yeah. Okay. Size eight and nine is like like it like it like an eight. So you're talking about yet. 75 or, or more pounds on one pan. That's a yeah. lot of weight on one pan. And if you're going to get into the cast iron business, you better do your math and figure out the shelving that you use. You better figure oh, it out because wow. I have yeah. seen a picture of a collapsed shelf where a guy made a, a shelf out of wood and didn't realize that that wood stacks on that wood, that wood, that wood, that wood. And then by the time you have like 10 rows of cast iron, you have like 15 tons of iron on one, on piece, one of wood. piece of wood on the bottom. Yeah, you're basically he storing just, a Kevin weight. Kevin McAllistered that shit and the tarantula <laughs> ran out, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So, you're like storing a weight set on that thing. Pretty you know, think, much, You know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't think about it like that, but that's totally true. So that's a very good question. And the other thing that happened this week, which is really cool, I wish I could screenshot the picture, but it was one of those things where they send you the picture and it goes away in 24 hours. Oh, yeah. Um, some you can replay and some you can't. Snapchat. So I had a message uh, from Sasha. Uh, I don't know how to say the last name. I'm sorry. SHB69 is her name on uh, Instagram here. And she said, what the heck is this thing? It's cast iron, but it's just this ring with a little handle thing. And it has a little ball, like a like knuckle Like empty spot. ring? Yeah. So basically it looks like a, like like a ring like this. Yeah. And it has the handle that comes off. It looks like a skillet that has a big hole in the middle. And at the end, there's this little knuckle, like a ball spot right there. And this is all. Oh, now she I sends see what you're this getting picture. At. She goes, this was found amongst a bunch of skillets. Is this used to like lift the skillet up out of the fire? Knock is, your microphone over. Is this over? used to lift the skillet up out of the fire? Like we can't figure out what the hell this thing is. I said, turn it over. Look on the bottom. She said, Oh, waffle iron base. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So she said, um, what what part fits that? So what I had to do for her, um, she has to send me the coding that's on there. It's usually a three-digit code that Griswold made 
I think it's like six nine seven or something like that, some three digit number, and I can find her the waffle iron parts that go to that base specifically because it's not all unified. So. Oh, that would not fit. They right. wouldn't all fit. Yeah, that just because you have a waffle iron base doesn't mean you just get any waffle iron. So then yeah. two days later, lo and behold, I get a message from a guy named Colin, right, and he says, "Is this thing missing? Is this missing the base?" And that's Dude. the piece that goes in there. So that knuckle on the end, yeah. of the, if you look at two waffle iron paddles, there's a knuckle on the end. It looks very round. That, yeah. That knuckle goes in that little scooped out spot. So you so can, you can just flip. So it just literally spins in there. Yes. You spin yeah, the it. whole pan literally spins in it so you can do a 180 with it and yep. it cooks the other side of your waffle. Yep. So this literally is exactly I what. What a waffle. If I had a waffle, I'd dine in the morning. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Um, so it was kind of cool. Uh, That's real. What a coincidence, though, dude. How did that? How did that transpire? Did you know, like dude, two days ahead of each I other? I know. Are you, were they just looking for information, or was or was one looking to dude, sell to the other? I should something send or? her his, his contact. They should have a waffle baby. They should have a waffle Wait baby. Wait a minute. That's we're gonna do I'm that saying. right now, dude. That no. That's dude. what I'm saying. Like, did you get them in contact with each other? Be like, dude, you got. It. You're never gonna believe this. No, my God. Do a group chat. Hang on. Do a group chat with the two of them and be like, hey, you guys aren't going to believe this, but two days ago, you texted me about a base. Two days later, you texted me about the waffle iron. Make a waffle, baby. I'm doing it right now. We're going to do this right now. <laughs> That's so cool. Hey, I found someone with the waffle paddles that match. That Just that someone match. reached out to me and said, hey, what is this? And it's the waffle iron that's missing from your base. Yeah, I said, hey, I found somebody that has what Wait, you Wait, do you need. know for sure it's the right one, though? I thought yeah. you said you needed to verify a serial number or something. No, it's a Griswold. It's just the, um, it has to be, so some uh, rotated from the side. Yeah. And some rotated vertically, like 0 and 180 versus 270 and 90. Yeah. As long as it's a 0 and a 180 plus a Griswold. And it's a Griswold 8 and an 8 base. Then you're, then you're good to go. Right. How funny is that so yeah so i just sent her that that's hilarious yeah. that's so, like she reached out to you and says i have he this. literally reached out with the opposite part that you need lol how funny is that you guys should get together and make waffles lol <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool so that was how two people connected on my pan of my page and i thought it was kind of cool that's really um, funny a waffle uh, those things are i've never actually used one have you yeah oh yeah so you pour oh, the yeah. batter in and and you wait for it to cook on one side and then you spin it over and well you then... kind of take a peek it's like a little I was gonna say how you're gonna know um you have a i actually had a customer that bought a really old wagner one from me uh, sent me a video of him using it over a campfire. Oh, that's like, cool. Dude, no way. That is super cool. Oh, that's so neat. I would love... Oh, there it is. That's the one he Perfect. Cooked. Dude, it is. Look, it look. looks like an Eggo. Yeah. It looks like an Eggo waffle. That's uh, so cool, dude. Yeah, dude. So that... Yeah, he has a Wagner waffle iron from me, and he sent a picture of him camping with it. It has a high base, so you can kind of... like, that's what it. it's all about. That's exactly... He's like, this, cool, these man. came out... Here's what he wrote. Came out better than I thought. They came out really good. Ultimately... It's better for open fire, and we're going to keep doing this on a campfire tomorrow morning. Awesome. So I had cool. a customer buy a waffle iron from me, use it over a campfire, and sent me what is a poster of a perfect waffle. <laughs> it is a poster um, waffle. Are we wrapping up now? Yeah, I just wanted to take a minute and thank the um, the other companies that sent some really cool hot sauce to me for the heat meter page. Oh, heat meter. We I'm loving forget, that, dude. We cannot forget about heat meter. Oh, God. We cannot forget about heat meter there. It's doing well. 
I'm happy with it. It's with kind what? of a neat, the heat meter. Yeah. Oh, you said it like it was like a stepchild. Like, uh. oh no, no, I went. Oh God, because I. Oh, made that oh, noise. I'm we sorry. We got think about heat meter. Oh, God. No, it's kind of fun. I really enjoy it, and it's kind of neat that it's, like, super unified. I decided I'm not going to do it on the weekend, so it is going to be every day, but every weekday. It's just, yeah. like, because I'm not always home heat on the weekend. Heat meter. <laughs> Hot sauce. <laughs> wow. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so check out, check out at heat underscore meter i got some really cool stuff i actually did my first dry heat meter which was like a i put a little seasoning and spice on there yeah like a dry vegas Um, it's vegas heat yeah dry heat and um i'm going to be announcing the official instagram page for the boston hot sauce festival in the near future yeah you're you're, uh, kind of spearheading that campaign online aren't you yeah they asked me to do some um some marketing and stuff with them so that'll be that's in april but i'm getting out ahead of it trying to get some good food trucks trying to get fans trying to get you know every single stall packed out with heat you know with hot sauce companies hot sauce and enthusiasts it'd be cool maybe to do a little broadcast from there i'm thinking (gasps) Ooh, a little record from the pod for the podcast a little field note stuff. That. Yeah. Remember, I had the field note at the car show. The ladies you know, like you do? have to. Why don't we combine the live and like hook the board up to the phone and do your do an Instagram live like you always do, but do it as the podcast and do our podcast live. Let's go now on your Instagram. It. You want to try it just like for a quick ten minutes? I don't have the adapter hooked up. Fuck, but, dude. But that would be that would be what we should do. Like That's when a we record when we're recording the episode. Well, then it comes out two weeks too early, though, unless it's a special occasion. It can be a special occasion. Well, that yeah. Occasion. Well, not every weekend though. Yeah. Not every week we do a podcast, though. I mean, like if there is something eventful going on, or like the Thanksgiving special one, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Lown. Charlie Lown. <laughs> Charlie Lown Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Lown Thanksgiving. Yeah, so episode four. Episode (laughs) four. Thanks for hanging out with us. That's it, man. Uh, Podcast Iron, uh, the eerie story. Yeah, it's like the the day after Halloween, and it's eerie. You know what I mean? Like, ooh, ooh, the eerie episode. Paving Um, the way for the Griswold story. Yep. Looking forward to it. Set the paving. And we might Um, even have a new episode now all about Thanksgiving the next one. I think we might do something like that. That would be a lot of fun. Yep. So thanks for hanging out. Check out Cast Iron Kyle on Instagram at Cast Iron underscore Kyle. Check out my hot sauce page at Heat underscore Meter. If you have any questions, anything you want to hear on the show, any content suggestions, and any Cast Iron questions in general, Ah, do not how to get them. Don't be afraid to reach out, guys. Got it. I don't bite. Thanks for listening to Podcast Iron. To find out what Kyle has in his kitchen, visit castironkyle.com for his latest list of recommended products. And be sure to follow him on Instagram at castiron underscore Kyle.